Episode 8, Season 6 of Book Record Beer. Spooky past our bedtime, past October, past November, into the December spook season. Welcome to Book Record Beer. I am Nick Mahalik, as always, joined by some fantastic, fantastic writers. Uh, are you ready? You should be. You clicked it, and I'm going to get it going. Uh, as always... Daniel DeFranco, say hello. He is here. <laughs> nice. Nick Gregorio. Hello. Cello. How be thee, sir. And we are joined by the chooser of the cast, Lord Chooser, <laughs> Kaylee. <laughs> say hello. Hello. Kaylee Tedesco. Uh, what a uh, fantastic variety you have chosen i gotta say when i looked at the cover of the album i was like this is gonna be so awesome and then it was so <laughs> fantastic um so let's jump in this is uh a an evil uh october cast that has finally been able to convene and you know what that's that's the way things go and we are hey, happy man. to see one Chris another and hang. Christmas is around the corner. Ghosts are a uh, tradition. Exactly. So is I still do right love on time. You for uh, for you know exposing me to that tradition and that whole scene. I, I love that like Christmas wasn't a thing for that period of time, and then it became this <laughs> this whole other thing. I love it. Um, so, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, I would argue that the protagonist of our story happens to be a, uh, you know, sort of um, last in the line of a, of a very wealthy and, and known family. Um, and so what I chose to do to introduce these fine people is to uh, figure out who I would introduce them as if they were in these famous families, these, uh, I went American uh, families. So I'm gonna start <laughs> here with Nick, if, if I were to do to introduce Nick as a as a member of the the old money, the the American <laughs> aristocracy, uh, Gregorio, you would be uh, none other than Nelson Rockefeller. Sir. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I picked that for you because I think I'm an excellent ice skater. <laughs> 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 oh, the more we know, um, I just you're like an onion, buddy. I keep learning. Uh, I I was gonna say, and I stand by this, that you would, in my estimation, be the dude to get Diego Rivera to do a mural in your uh, center, in your Rockefeller Center. Uh, I think that you would be like, I really admire this guy, and you know what? Uh, uh, damn, what Dad says about this. We're we're putting your mural up. Um, Unfortunately, I think he might have also been the dude to cover it, <laughs> to cover it up in the end. But, but I'm sticking with, no. you know, I mean, I'm f uh, focusing on the. If we we can cherry pick act. moments, I think I think that's. Good. Yeah, <laughs> it's history. You know, it's his story, and in this case, it's mine. Yeah, so that's who I would I would pick. Love it. Um, for you, uh, Daniel, uh, mm -hmm. as as a, a member of an of an old family, you, my friend, would be Anderson Cooper, a uh, a Vanderbilt who who did his own thing. Who went off and, is, and and chose to chose to Anderson Cooper it? Is he a Vanderbilt? He is. Huh. Nobody gets nothing for free these days, huh? 
He There's is. that cheery attitude I've missed. <laughs> yeah. He is. You look it up. Look it up, baby. I think his his mom is his connection to the to the Vanderbilts. Whenever I hear about like famous people's lineage, I'm like, ah, that explains it. <laughs> yeah, as if as there's if no the hope. There's no hope for any of us. Been manipulated and passed down as over generations is is the cause. Um, eh, he's got a, 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 at least three feet of privilege more than the most privileged person out there. Oh, absolutely. Look at his hairline. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would I would also say there is a uh, there's a British comedian who I have always had a weird contempt for and I have no idea why. And it turns out that he's literally the like great, 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 you know, exponent insert mm-hmm. here um, grandson of Henry the eighth, I believe. Wow. And and that like came out and uh, and everybody in the on the talk show or whatever when he said it was like, oh, like it makes perfect <laughs> sense. That's why you are the way you are, uh, even though it was so far removed. Um, and uh, Kelly, I would um, for you choose uh, Rose Kennedy, matriarch Ooh. extraordinaire. The Pope, uh, <laughs> in fact, made her um, uh, a countess. Uh, for her uh, philanthropy and 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 literally, I think it was like being an archetypal mother or something wow. like that. So, so there you go. I, I choose <laughs> these for you guys. Thank you. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, All right, how, how Nick? Yes, I I, th- I think I think I have one for you. Okay. So, for uh, introducing you as someone that comes from old money, um, or wishes they came from old money. I think I know where this is. You would. You would be a Jay Gatsby. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. <laughs> I love it. Only because I couldn't think of anything, and you really love cocktails and shirts. I do. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, shirts and sweaters. Uh, it's my season. I'm so into it. Yeah. Um, nice. Awesome. I love that. that That's it. Fucking me my dad. Now I know why you've been um, calling me old sport for 10 years. So. <laughs> and just slapping you in the middle of the back. Yeah. You just got this red Mahalik hand right back now. in the uh, middle. <laughs> um, so, Kelly, uh, why um, did soup. you choose for us um, the cast that you did? Because we have this this fantastic uh, grouping. We have the possibility of evil um, by none other than Miss Shirley Jackson. We have the band Twin Temples. Um, 2018 offering bring you their ult, uh, their signature sound ellipsy uh, satanic doo-wop <laughs> which is <laughs> the most accurate uh, title to an album I think ever it's like meet the Beatles um, and then I- I've chosen uh, tired hands hail Santa um, it was between that and severe head wound but I thought this one was fitting because the ABV is 6.66% and it's uh, yeah got that iconography so why why put these uh together um so shirley jackson is just when i think of october and halloween um i can't make it through an october without reading shirley jackson and this story i thought was really interesting because it's been described as her most uh terrifying work uh including Mm -hmm. the haunting of hill house and we've always lived in the castle and you know, all of her novels. And I don't know that I agree with that, but I thought it would be pretty cool to to talk it out and figure out, you know, what was happening there. Um, And then (laughs) Satanic Doo-Wop is just, I had a student actually many years ago introduce that band to me, Twin Temple. Um, 
And she kind of came up all kind of shy, and she was just like, have you heard of Satanic Doo-Wop? Um, and I had said I no. That. And uh, <laughs> I, I was like, but I must. Uh, so I looked it up right away, and it was everything I was looking for, you know, in, in music. Oh, yeah. And I think it's just super fun <laughs> and also very October Halloween. So I thought it was fitting. <laughs> yeah, it's like Satanic Camera Obscura or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's so fantastic and it's melting of genre because like you think satanism and satanists and i automatically go to black metal of like norway or something like that like that's mm-hmm. that's where my head immediately will jump um but to to take this thing that is now almost like this um i don't know it was a trend for a little while right there was these covers that everybody was doing on mm-hmm. a doo-wop style uh that was on social media yeah. for so long and just to hear this very sweet um powerful but but also very sweet voice um just just loving on satan um (laughs) is so fantastic i i was yeah i was really into it i um i was very pleased uh when i when i started listening as a satan fan um you could only (laughs) wow dude it was it was like oh man because uh it's just i don't know the, the in song for some reason satan if it's not in black metal is almost always really intriguing and funny and, and engaging, mm-hmm. uh, no matter how serious or not. I like it, it in like, black metal too. I have future... to say. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. But like that's, that's, it makes right. sense right. there. You know what I mean? Like it, it, that's, that's home base. But when it's out and you know, it's when it's on the visitors playing field, it's really, it's, it's great. Um, so are we starting with the record? This, this no, we, d- we just What's got that? into Jesus a little bit Dan? of a, a tangent. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, man. You know, we'll get back to it. Let's get back on task. Let's, come on, fellas. It's my job. It's my job. Guys, let's get back on task. All right. Um, <laughs> let's start with Miss, Miss Shirley Jackson. Uh, so interestingly enough, this is a, excuse me, this is a, um, was, was published uh, after she passed, right? Like a, a mm-hmm. few a few months, right? I, I, I read right. it was, uh, and also just speaking of combining like a real wholesome thing with like a really intense thing, it was in the Saturday Evening Post. <laughs> and when I think of Saturday Evening Post, I think of Norman Rockwell and Santa. And Satan. And then boom, <laughs> yeah. you have, you have uh, freaking Shirley Jackson's The Possibility of Evil. With one of the most intensely evil protagonists I, I think I've come across. Um, mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, it gets pu- published after she passes December 18th, right in line for Christmas as well, mm-hmm. uh, 1965. And it's wild because this is um, very much set in summer and roses are in bloom and all this other stuff's mm-hmm. happening. And yet it's published right before um, Christmas, which... Somebody was a madman or woman or person uh, there, I think. And it ends up, I think, what, the next year or something? It wins the Edgar Allan Poe Award for Best Mystery Short Story. Um, so it has all these sort of like weird accolades and things. Um, do you teach? Times were different then. What's that? I said times were different then. <laughs> yeah, people like to have fun, I guess, is what it seemed like. But we should stay on schedule, Daniel. Hold on. We'll, we'll get back to you with that. Um, <laughs> If we're if we're <laughs> moving into the story now, um, do you teach this one, Kaylee? Me, Daniel, I, I, Kaylee, Daniel, wait your anybody? turn, man. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't trust, uh, trust me. Yeah, I don't either. I don't teach this particular one. I teach her novels, um, 
but but no not this one i think there's a lot here though i haven't visited this one uh in years so it was cool to kind of go back and read it now with like a little bit more information about shirley jackson and having studied her um but no i mean maybe in the future though for sure yeah yeah i, I tend not to teach pieces of shit oh god <laughs> so, so there's a strong opinion on the story here. Oh, um, I'm excited for that. Off, off the bat, fantastic. Um, I'm um, actually just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> we shit on him too much. He had to, he had to balance the scales there. The pendulum yeah. swung too hard, uh, not in his favor. Um, no, I, I think one of the first things that I noticed, and it's interesting because I teach uh, the lottery in Charles to my ninth grade, mm-hmm. um, and Charles is interesting because that's like uh, got this ending. That's that twist that like you see bitten off, you know, so often now. The lottery's classic as well. Um, this one's surprising. I might throw this one in there and almost mm-hmm. do like a small study of Shirley Jackson because um, it has this beginning that echoes. Vonnegut's story from a few years before to be or not to be I don't know if you're Mm -hmm. familiar with that like that one starts everything was perfectly swell there are no prisons no slums no insane asylums no cripples no poverty no wars Mm -hmm. all diseases were conquered except for old age right all that stuff here she starts um, the sun was shining the air was fresh and clear after nights of rain everything in Miss Stage uh, Strange where its little town looked washed and bright she took deep breaths and thought there was nothing in the world like a fragrant summer day Right, this like very huge juxtaposition to the world mm-hmm. you're about to be immersed in and the character you're going to be um, meeting. So I wonder, and I don't know if you guys, I don't think I've read enough from this era to say it you know, clearly uh, or to make a definitive statement on this, but do we think that this is like stylistically something that writers were doing to introduce their stories during this time because they had to bang so many out because that's where they made all their money? Right. Was was writing in these in these small in these magazines and and getting published in Harper's and these other ones like that's that was their cash cow was short stories. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we think that this was just an affectation stylistically or was it something that just like writers of this era maybe shared? I don't know. Any thoughts on that? I can speak, I think, specifically to Shirley Jackson and just that. I don't know. She uh, she certainly made money off her stories, but her like husband at the time, Stanley Hyman, was sort of the breadwinner. Um, and I think right, what you were right. talking about earlier um, was a big part of that problem. It's just like her stories were kind of constantly being misplaced, like not necessarily mm. getting um, publicity, you know, in the places where uh, her target demographic was likely to, to go. Um, so, yeah, you'd read like the, you know, Sunday Post or whatever, and suddenly you have the possibility of evil and people would be shocked and it would cause all this controversy. So it would kind of stir the pot. But at the time, you know, it stirred it in a way that that uh, was like, not towards Shirley Jackson. Um, But I think in general, like that idea of domestic horror was just starting to sort of come up. So this this Mm. idea that like, um, you know, with Shirley Jackson and even like Truman Capote has a story called Miriam that also begins very similarly um, around the same time. And uh, just that idea that um, horror can happen just in this sort of everyday rigor morale. You know, you could be walking down the street and and the most terrifying thing could be just this, you know, little elderly lady or, you know, whatever. And Miriam is a little girl. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It reminds yeah. me of like a That's, once I mean, upon a time type opening. You know what I mean? Like, like the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. especially Vonnegut. I don't know. I In my own writing i i think i tend to use that to make fun of it so like i don't know if 
mm-hmm. if uh, that was the point. But yeah, no, I feel like at this time because now it's wild. Like we're talking about yeah. sixty years have passed. You know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like yeah, I I don't feel qualified enough. Uh, that I've read enough from this era to really speak to it. Um, but it does feel like something that was a way to get into what you wanted to get into. It was almost mm-hmm. not a form for, per se, but it was something where we're like, this is to the reader needs this, the reader wants this, and then we're going to get into something different. Um, and speaking of which, so uh, if I may, this is like a, a brief summary of it. We, we have this woman, uh, Miss, uh, is it Adelia or Adela, do we think? I thought Adela, but maybe... I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I heard I Adela in my mind. <laughs> yeah. So Miss Adela, uh, strange Adela has hell eyes. Adela. That seems more fitting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Daniel's pronunciations of, uh, pronunciations of uh, names has yeah, always the been Fleck Adela, brothers. So we're, yeah. Never once <laughs> the Fleck have I strayed. <laughs> So um, from she's from the Strangeworth family, which is I love that name. Uh, and they have been in this town forever. Right. A hundred years. She's mm-hmm. the house that she lives in has been there. I think a hundred years or nearly that, maybe less. Uh, the roses that are around her house have been mm-hmm. there. Right. And it's, they seem to be her pride and joy. And so they start we start with this fragrance uh, of the rose. She, she she's up and then she essentially is just walking through town like Belle from Beauty and the Beast, but rather than being <laughs> Belle, she's sort of the antithesis of that. She's walking around just giving people shit, um, like, but with a smile, and they don't realize, really, I think kind of they, they know, but she's, she's just being um, sort of the, the, the town watch almost, you know what I mean? She's, and she has these thoughts about um, each of these people that she encounters, and, and uh, it's literally just her waking doing her chores, doing her errands, uh, uh, coming back home, um, uh, dropping something at the post office, going to sleep and waking up the next day. Um, and that's the whole of it. So like in terms of like a, a, a domestic story, like it couldn't be more that um, for sure. Um, is that an all right summary, do we think? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. So, so for me, one of the things that that struck me most uh, with reading this and, and what I thought was pretty incredible about it was like literally how little we know about our protagonist. Mm-hmm. Like everything I said is essentially what we know. And this reveals sort of like the reader's inherent biases um, when we start to wonder as to the cause, like what's her motivation, right? When we start to think about what her motivation is, we are almost immediately... Um, then made aware of our own biases and, and, and perhaps why we would mm-hmm. treat people this way or why we suspect someone might. Um, and for me, I immediately went to the class issue, right? That she's mm-hmm. from this old money, this old family, and she is um, looking at these people, and she even says it in so many words, is like, this is my town, these are my people, I have to keep watch on them, right? Um, and that she sees them almost as property, and she needs to, almost in a godlike way, as if they're her creations, um, sort of like make sure that these um, these pieces are, are falling into place in the way that she intends them to. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was sort of my initial reaction to it. I don't know if you guys had the same <coughs> class was like right up front um, or if other things sort of started to pop up. I agree. Class didn't really. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you, but the class wasn't a thing that I think was in the forefront. I thought it was like an, an old lonely person that's got nothing better to do except be nosy and sure. like we all have these people in our neighborhoods oh yeah 
Hey, stop talking <laughs> yeah. about yeah. me, man. That's, I knew my, my neighbors watch. didn't like me very much, but now this story has told me why. <laughs> <laughs> I, is this you? I mean, you just got to let them rev that engine till 2 a.m., bruh. Let them do it. Let them get in to that Matchbox car. Yeah. No, so, Daniel, so you went to the nosy old maid. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be like an old maid. I mean, there's just nosy I mean, that's just people. what she is, though, like if we were to. But that's what she is. Yeah. 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 So, um, Kayla, you, you did something thoughts yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i thought about class issues a lot too i actually reading it now uh you know years after the first time i had read it i i kept thinking of young goodman brown by nathaniel hawthorne has anyone read Mm -hmm. that one yeah um yeah that's when i teach so it's always on my mind but um Mm. I Hawthorne has like this whole tirade, not necessarily in Young Goodman Brown, but in the House of the Seven Gables about inherited wealth. And, you know, the, the idea he has this line about uh, wanting to burn uh, like every house down every hundred years. And then you just sort of start fresh again because uh, Hawthorne was really into, you know, fire. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. But <laughs> uh, anyway, so, was, yeah, I kept thinking about that. And um Young Goodman Brown is like this kind of perfect allegory for the Salem witch trials, which made a lot of sense contextually at that time. And so this kind of felt similarly um, in the way that, you know, that kind of elitism and entitlement that comes with that inherited position of power uh, kind of gives you this this leeway to basically stir up mass hysteria within this little town to the point where everybody's sort of questioning their neighbors and their husbands and wives and, you know, children. so yeah, and, and it does, it all kind of comes back to, to the class issues and, and her, uh, you know, there's nothing necessarily special about Miss Strangeworth. It's just that she inherited this house and she's part of this family that's been there for a hundred years. She's special. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The only thing mm-hmm. special is that she thinks she is and that her name sort of gives her the um, uh, ability to think that or, or, or at least, you know, sort of the stepping stone to, to start to. And I guess we should say, so like while she goes about these things, she's sort of like making mental notes of these literal notes that she's going to write anonymously and send to various citizens in the town. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where we get, you know, as you pointed out, Kaylee, this like hysteria that starts to form because people are being told these things that she is, I think, in large part making up about themselves or people that they know or people in their family. And then um you know, the the reaction is such that, you know, people um, either believe them or they don't or, or, or they just get furious. You know? mm-hmm. um, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so <laughs> I guess it's interesting because in, in, in like I said, in, in pointing out like sort of your biases as to why she might do this. My next thing went to um, if she was getting laid, she would not even, this wouldn't be on her mind. <laughs> like at all. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't mm-hmm. even be, like initially I was like, class, what an elitist asshole. And then I was like, man, I mean, if she was getting laid, this would not even be a, on her <laughs> mind. It wouldn't even be a thing that she considered doing. She's just How in everybody's she? business because she has no sort of anything uh, uh, going on whatsoever. She's just into her, her garden and, and other people's stuff. Um <laughs> And again, I think that just revealed one of my biases. I was just like, that's just where my head went first and that, that, you know, class and then and then that. Um, so I don't know if anybody else thought of that or if that. No, would even not at all. Anything. How old is she? Yeah. How old? I see her as like a towering figure. 
I see her as like a mm-hmm. very like not necessarily beautiful, but like certainly at least used to be um, a, a pretty um, a woman who's like very tall and, and sort of commanding because everybody sort of like defers the wicked to her. Stepmother right? from and Cinderella. I don't think it's just her name. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I think she looks exactly yeah. like that in my head. That's pretty. That's interesting. Yeah. Does it? Yeah, I don't know if she. I don't know. Does it say like, she's seventy-one could, somewhere? I don't know why I feel like she's seventy-one. I feel like. Really? Or am I just making that up? Hey man, <laughs> we should all be getting laid if we're seventy-one. Right? <laughs> like, you know, that's not Miss Strainsworth. Miss <laughs> Strainsworth never gave away any of her roses, although the tourists often asked her. Oh, she's a virgin. You think? Oh you yeah, those tourists are knocking on her door. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> give me, give me some home. of that sweet, sweet Jesus rose. <laughs> I do. I mean, hey man, I, I wouldn't put it. Pe- there was just so much that I started thinking about after like the second and third time I, I read this. I was just like so intrigued by like, man, like yeah, like if this was happening, would it would it have changed? And like, then I started thinking like, oh, well, has she been married before? Because she seems to be also then exclusively messing with with women. Is it like a jealousy Mm -hmm. thing? I think there's only one dude that she really messes with. Right. But interestingly, so I know with Jackson, I always especially with having taught the lottery and Charles and stuff like that. I'm always thinking like, you know, she she does have this mind uh, for how can I like almost subversively input sort of these um more feminist ideals and, and ideologies into mm-hmm. into the story. And so I was wondering when I saw that, like it's a it's a young man who who upsets her whole thing. Like she would have been doing this until she died, probably. But mm-hmm. when he goes to mail the letter, it's a young man who picks it up and then delivers it to the only man that it seems like she's messing with. And so I wondered and I don't know if anybody got this, you know, sort of like in the rabbit hole of it. But I was I was wondering if like she's saying to to upset this system of elitism of inherited wealth and all this stuff that like the the men are going to have to do it the ones who benefit most from it are going to have to upset it mm-hmm. um or is it more that she's uh identifying that they still hold that power even though she's the one who seems to have the power uh, in it um i don't know did any you're not wrong but you're not wrong but that's that's a hell of a fucking interpretation i like it yeah <laughs> And I close mean, read. I'm I, into it, but listen, man. <laughs> where's the Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence for any of that besides? He's back. He's back. You well, see that? This is he what just I'm around again. The, the two men. How? Yeah, the compliment no, and then the, just like, the complete we were disparagement. Him down, and now it's just like you're the dumbest person. I've ever <laughs> I, I did not just, say that. I, I asked for the evidence. Well, here's the thing, though. <laughs> there is. Um, we're thinking about the the story itself. We we're not getting a whole bunch, you know what I mean? Like there is a lot I think left to interpretation for us. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that's open and out there. Um, and I also wondered too, like okay, you know, beyond sort of like the, the males that are involved, which are very few, um, she does seem to be messing. And there's a lot of evidence to show just by all the conversations she has being directed solely at women. Is she at Jackson? sort of ahead of the curve and going, oh, this is how women in power keep power by keeping other women down. You know what I mean? Like, is, is that is that sort of one of those things? Because we see that everywhere in business, you know, right now and, and, and in a lot of different professions. Um, so I was wondering if perhaps she was commenting on that, um, you know, by exclusively really messing with them. Like, is it her way of 
demonstrating how ingrained the patriarchal ideals can be in society and an early exploration of, of, of a powerful woman uh, and, and how they retain power or maintain it. Um, hmm. or, or, or is it something else? So I don't know. I kind of honed I in on that's uh, a stretch. I just thought uh, I, I like that interpretation, first of all, a lot. Um, and I like the idea of, of there kind of being like this patriarchal stand in, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I, I honed in on Linda Stewart's character. The I think she's implied to be like a teenage girl. And yes. I kind of thought Miss Strangeworth, um, you know, because she still has her family name and because she goes by Miss, I'm assuming that she was either never married or you know, widowed and, and took over her family name again. So I kind of got like this very like um, almost, I guess, slut shamey for lack of a better word, or like um, like this yeah. sort of fear of sex. It was like very like Carrie's mom sort of thing where, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, Linda Stewart uh, certainly had a boyfriend. I guess they were getting like sodas together and she sort of made up this whole narrative in her head presumably, uh, that she put in the letter to freak out Linda Stewart's parents. Um, and I imagine it had something to do with, with sex or Linda's sexuality. Um, so just like that total fear of, of her own sexuality, of other sexuality, of the idea of younger women, you know, experiencing sex in any yeah. way, whether they are or not. Um, but also I feel like, you know, obviously it's ironic because it goes right back to Miss Strangeworth because she's the one envisioning all of these these wild <laughs> narratives related to sex uh, that she doesn't even know that people are having for sure. So <laughs> well, she says as much too, right? Like she's mm -hmm. not even sure. I think that's literally what she says. Uh, I'm not even sure if that's the way it happened, but the possibility of evil was there, right. right? The possibility <laughs> for it to happen was there, which means the possibility was in her mind, as you said. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. this is she's um, the dirtiest of all of them. She's the worst. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. She's the dirtiest of all of them. She's got a little perverted mind. Yeah, yeah. she's writing like little fan fiction about her neighbors all day and <laughs> she's sending it to them. <laughs> and it almost, I mean, in this case, now that you mention that, this is almost a little bit um, uh, borderline, if not pedophilic, right? Because this mm -hmm. is a young. Uh, couple yeah. they're in like high school or something right they're like 16 yeah. yeah Strangeworth Strangeworth would have loved NaNoWriMo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. all about that <laughs> oh yeah just just walking oh, around writing novels after novels <clears throat> yeah <laughs> yeah excellent yeah I, I I I would totally agree with that that was that was something that definitely I was like man this this woman is not getting laid but she's thinking about it quite a bit <laughs> so <laughs> let me let me let me turn the tables just a little bit sure. on this. Um, let me take a unsurprising, uh, harsher view at this. You okay? No. I think that the story is. <laughs> um, Brace yourself. There's there's a lot of subtext, but I don't think there ain't much of it. I think this is just a little a little trifle, mm -hmm. a little. Uh, Shirley Jackson just dashed this off. It's about an old lady writing letters about people, and then at the end, they found out and destroyed her roses. Everything is so fucking on the nose. Her name is Strangeworth. <laughs> she lives on Pleasant Street. Um, the title, the possibility, it's, it's actually a pretty good fucking title. I'll give her that. Um, I think this wasn't published until she died because she didn't want it published. I think this is not oh, okay. like a great story. I think this is like... Businessman Dan. There's like nothing good about this that is like, whoa, fucking literature, bro. That's how I imagine people when they come across literature, like that's their natural reaction. I don't think any of us. 
<laughs> as people who write literature have ever been. <laughs> Whoa, literature! <laughs> like we're in fucking any Shiana Rooms. <laughs> I resent that because I do that every <laughs> time. Like we're in Point Break. Yeah, but <laughs> ironically, no, I'm sure, like not. we're not actually like trying to trying to hang ten. Holy so God. I want to I want to point back to um, <laughs> um, what you said about you know they just get published in these magazines and um, Fitzgerald you know your your, Wait, your creator. That. What do you mean they just get published in these magazines? Like the Atlantic, Harper's. Uh, they New don't York, just they, get published. Yeah. That was difficult. And once you were though, then you then you. No no no! Listen to me. Count. Listen listen to me. Listen you to me. You said it like you were just you anybody could fucking send it off in New I York. Didn't, was I, like, oh, that I was, like this guy. Who's this, Brian? All right. That's your bag, baby. All I said was that they just published them in these magazines. You said they you, just get published. That's what threw me. Your interpretation. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, finish, finish your thought. I'm finishing. Uh, so uh, Fitzgerald, he often published a lot of short stories as well just to make money. Right. And he did not like them. Mm. He, I mean, it's it's a known fact that he was like, I, I got to fucking do these things, yeah. and I've got to make them cute and tie them up with a little bow because that's what the fucking dumb readers want. Mm. And I, this is this was not written to be analyzed the way that we are doing right now. This was for some poor sap sitting on their <laughs> their, their 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 fucking porch with a nice <laughs> cup of tea. We're like, oh, let me read the new Shirley Jackson banger in I, the Atlantic. I will say the sad because it was published in the Saturday Evening Post. I think that you have a leg to stand on with that argument. I got two legs because and a rocking chair, that, my friend. That is um, traditionally a very uh, easygoing, not so much a boundary pushing magazine um, that would be entertaining such things. However, I, I I gotta say to push back on you a little bit. The this fact, is a lightweight piece of fiction. This but, is lightweight. But the fact that we're able to dive in and pull these things from it has to say something. Do you know what I mean? That's because you I'm spent $50,000 on an education. That's why you can do it. What did you say? I said the reason we can do it is because we spent $50,000 on an education. <laughs> That's why we can look. We can fucking <laughs> look at a cookbook and be like, oh, the rosemary probably means uh, the absence of, of, of prosperity in this recipe. <laughs> that that was minute, an hold extreme. On, can I just ask a question? Like <laughs> yeah. Daniel is pulling apart the whole point of the show. <laughs> <laughs> He's deconstructing the entire. Uh, I I will say, listen, I, I think I think that as people who do this often, and I'll speak for myself as as a person who does this often in, in terms of deconstructing text and things like that. Um, yeah, you can you can you can you can go out there. You can go on these these tangents and and and, and start to see things that may not be there and and, and, and invent connections and whatnot. Um, the fact of the matter is, is what we are doing with Shirley Jackson is pulling from a body of work, right? And so when mm -hmm. when I think about Shirley Jackson and themes that go across her writing, all of us as writers have things that we revisit over and over and over and over again, right? There are things that we can't let go that are always going to be in any piece that we write, right? Mm -hmm. And so though mm -hmm. you don't necessarily see enough substance in this particular piece, I think that when you write as often as Shirley certainly wrote, and if this is one of the last things she wrote, then fucking hell, absolutely some of these things might be 100% subconsciously woven into this text. And I think it reads almost like a piece of flash in that way. 
and that these connections that we're making might absolutely be ones that are there but might not have been as intentional as you would, would have wanted them to be. This is absolutely not a piece of flash, but that's a different conversation. Um, In but everything essence, you, said, you know what I'm saying. Everything you said um, is evidence for the reason that you'll always have a job teaching English. I mean, the backhandedness of that compliment <laughs> was verbose. <laughs> Daniel, Daniel is becoming this woman in this story. Yeah. Daniel is becoming a, a super seon version of Daniel. This is, I mean, we're seeing the transformation into his final, this is his final form, I think. Yeah. I'm sending letters to myself man. anonymously. Holy, holy. <laughs> Except instead holy. of letters, it's just... Yeah. just Horse shit. Just, just it's, it's or, or origami <laughs> made of horse manure or something. You stick yeah. your hand. It's like, oh, look, well, shit again. again. It's shit again. Again. <laughs> again. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know that I have much more <laughs> to say because that was the last thing I was going to say is the, the themes that, have, that pervade her work, right? Like mm -hmm. we think about um, we've always lived in the castle, right? We have another uh, – that's a pair, but of, uh, of, of uber-wealthy – uh, from a long line of, of wealthy, uh, um, you know, women um, who uh, are, are in this place and occupying this place and it's their place. Hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, th there's just I mean, there's just evidence of, of, of this kind of thing over and over again. And, the, and like I said, sort of the feminist um, uh, ideals and, and ideology that, that, that pervade the, the, the works um, as well. I think this. Um, well, maybe not her, her, her strongest or most complex piece, um, has all of those elements, you know, wove, woven into it. Um, and that was my, that was my uh, take on it. So, I, I, like I said, I don't have much more to say on it, but, but I, I'll stand by my defense of my read of it. I, I actually agree and disagree with Jan at the same time. I feel like I feel blasphemous saying this because I, I think Shirley Jackson is genius and I think because of the context like you were saying Nick of the body of her work like I'm able to kind of you know pick up these threads that maybe if I had just read the story and nothing else I would also feel like this is just sort of you know light um but I also I I feel like what she does and maybe this is why I'm drawn to her work uh so much is a, a lot of what she does seems very uh poetic and archetypal to me so I think she deals in these kind of archetypes um and symbols and because they are recurring I think there's there's kind of something special about that um but I also when I read all of the the kind of fuss around this particular story uh I found myself kind of vehemently disagreeing with it being the most terrifying of her works um and mm, and even the fact that, that it yeah. had won the Edgar Allan Poe award um, I feel like there were other works by her that were much more kind of fitting and deserving of that praise mm. and award than this yeah. one. So I, I found that really interesting. So did anyone, was anyone like terrified by this? I wasn't terrified by it. So I was curious no. if any of you were terrified by it. <laughs> I'm kind of terrified by the potential no. fight that Daniel got brewing here. It's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> Two Sicilians going at it, man. You never know. Um, no, I don't think I, I would agree with you there. And, and, and I think Daniel's first point of they, they had to bang these things out and, mm -hmm. and, and they were sort of the cash cows to get them in the magazines and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. I don't think it was the most terrifying. I, I'm, I would argue, too, that like and I don't know if the lottery won it or not, but that the lottery would have been my choice out of her mm -hmm. body of work for 
the the Poe Award, and perhaps that's why Daniel's so fucking pissed, to be honest with you, because he idolizes Poe. <laughs> so like Poe is on such a fucking pedestal that her being associated with that name just threw him over the edge, <laughs> and that's why we have this fucking supersonic Daniel with us this evening. But um, I, I, I I'll roll back the tape. But I do believe that I said I'm going to take a, uh, you know, a, a knowingly opposing view. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Which you're more, it's you know, you're more. I mean, do you want me to just stroke it? Do you want me to just stroke no, the possibility of evil? <laughs> if, 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 if book That's what is about anything, wants. it's about not doing <laughs> that. Um, yeah, but I, but I will every, say, I listener, you, listener, I, I've held this short story up like many times. <laughs> every time I've talked about, it, I've held it up and shook it at the screen, <laughs> just so you know. I've been watching. Um, yeah, but I'd, I'd agree. I don't think it was the most terrifying thing, and certainly not in 1966 or whenever she won the award posthumously uh, would it have been the most terrifying thing. I, I, I agree with you there wholeheartedly. Um, Published in 1963, huh? Six, so you said? 66. 66. Yeah, came out in 65, but like d- December of 65, and then she won it yeah. in 66. I don't, off the top of my head, I have no reference of an author or a story that would have been the one, but it's because yeah. it's fucking 60 years ago. <laughs> but I'd, I'd agree with you there. I, I absolutely would. <laughs> Any other final thoughts before we move into the uh, music I just section? can't wait to see what happens next. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's do it. Uh, moving forward into this satanic doo-wop. Um, so... Uh, Twin Twin Temple um, with their uh, album titled Bring You Their Signature Sound dot 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 Satanic Doo-Wop um, I gotta say I I thought like oh this is going to be and it very well may because they're from Los Angeles this is a prejudice I have towards Los Angeles and, and I guess all people from Los Angeles are in Los Angeles because um, very few are from Los Angeles I, I would have to say I thought, oh, this is going to be a contrived, um, really sort of put on thing. Um, but it appears they're like definitely Satanists and that they really love them and that <laughs> uh, the singer particularly is bordering on infatuation. And, and frankly, like they do the genre well. In my opinion, I thought they did the genre. I thought her voice was probably my favorite thing about it. You know, like most of these um, albums that could put put out in this genre, you have that like that that very same beat that goes throughout, mm. like uh, uh, she and him or a camera obscura or something mm-hmm. come to mind, right? Like I love camera obscura. I think they actually in this if we're gonna put them in this genre. Um, they are the archetype for me. They're, they're the best of the best. Um, this just, it is its own thing. Um, and I remember talking to a PR person for, for a record label one time, and they said that is like 80% of it. If you can listen to it and see them, whoever they are, that's making that music and go, oh, that's their thing. Like that, I, that's, I can hear that and go, that's their thing. Um, then then you've you've nearly won the game and then if you have some talent wow you're over the you're over the top and i i thought this i thought this was really enjoyable i i was like very into it the second song especially um where she's talking about like just kind of asking it's lucifer my love and it's like 
asking Satan to sort of just remove her from society because it's just like not for her. Like, I don't belong in this place and stuff like that. Like, just take me out of here. Um, I didn't think she was like begging for death. It was like a different sort of like, let's get on a different plane of existence. Um, mm-hmm. I loved it. I, I was like, this is this is so different and enjoyable. This is this is like a lot of fun. Would I listen to it all the time? Probably not. But if I was like, ooh, I was in the mood for something in this genre. Absolutely. This would be something I'd put on my initial hot take, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I, I It's not something I listen to all the time either, but uh, I think it's extremely fun. Um, and just the messaging, uh, I guess I will give some background on, on myself and Satanism. Uh, I've So I'm a lapsed Please Catholic do. for sure. <laughs> and I have, uh, I have to say in the past few years, I have just come around on Satanism. In gen- I'm not a Satanist, but I've come around on Satanism <laughs> in a big way uh, because I, I grew up with uh my very 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 catholic grandmother and she like bought into satanic panic in like a super big way mm, with um and shit? It probably yeah yeah so it's you know all that and it was to the point where i was like terrified of demonic possession all the time and you know the catholic church did a number on me so for a long time i would have been afraid to even go near this just you know out of like trauma religious trauma or whatever yeah um but i steered into it i'll say yeah yeah and so uh (laughs) i uh yeah in the past few years i actually follow and dan you went right to the satanic temple in salem as well card carrying member yep yeah (laughs) so um yeah and and they are they're pretty fantastic people and i Mm -hmm. i really like everything that they're standing for they do a lot of activism and a lot for like abortion rights um and access Yeah. yeah um lgbtq rights so uh, they do this thing at the Satanic Temple called unbaptisms, where you could like go and get unbaptized, and it's not really, nope. you know, affiliated with anything religious at all. It's sort of like completely anti-organized religion, which is super interesting to me. So all of that in an just organized way. It. What's that? It's it's against organized religion in an organized in an organized yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so really... that's what I've that's what I've always wondered like. If it was that this is 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 more m- metaphor and symbol than it is an actual belief in a in a, in a spirit or being or, or energy that you could describe as as the antithesis of of what people view that as was a always my understanding or, or, or a righteous or yeah. or something that God. Was, oh. yeah that that's mm-hmm. I I don't know Do you, can you guys uh, Daniel, I think the it could be that was, especially that was always my it. understanding of it I'm, uh, I remember. I don't know you guys probably uh, Alkaline Trio, the, the lead singer Matt Skiba, he became mm-hmm. a card carrying Satanist because it really scared people and he thought that was funny, um, and, and <laughs> I, I liked that too. But I I remember my friends and I would in high school like we looked up like the tenets of Satanism and it's and it's all just kind of like don't be a jerk to anybody, um, mm-hmm. and nothing else yeah. really yeah. matters. So, so here's. I won't, I won't read the back of the card, but it, here because there's like a lot of the, the com- commandments or the tenets. Uh, one should strive to act with compassion and empathy towards all creatures in accordance with reason. And the rest of them are yeah, in that cool. similar. Mm-hmm. Don't be a dickhead. So so then then I so that's, I guess, the, the, the point of clarity. And perhaps we can 
we can do it here and, and absolutely change the world on book record beer is um, <laughs> like people and their assumption of Satan, I guess, are getting a view that is through the lens of typically Catholicism or Christianity in some way. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they have popularized yeah. this idea of Satan the most. Mm -hmm. um, like the future of the left has a great song, which is you need Satan more than he needs you. Um, and, and it's like in that in that regard, it, it's it's, you know, that there's an entity that is fueled by negativity. Right. And so that's sort of the, the thing that that I think is in most people's heads. But here and especially what I've seen uh, of late is like my view of it or what it seems to be is is, is this complete. Op it's almost a humanist sort of like um, mm -hmm. approach to living or, or viewing mm -hmm. uh, existence. Is that right? Or yeah. am I? Yeah. No, it's I, totally humanist. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Oh, there we go. Hey, you want to talk about the album? <laughs> you want to talk about the album a little more? Yeah, let's talk about the album. What? Um, so, <laughs> what do we think? Can I give you? Can I give you my opinion that I wrote uh, down on the first track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I stand by this because I think the first track should get cut. Okay. Because it sucked. <laughs> All right. But the rest was really good. Here's 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 my opinion on the first track. <laughs> Go for it. I said. <laughs> the, the first track is titled said, The Devil, parenthesis, didn't make me do it. Yeah, I wish they, the devil did make them cut this fucking track from the, the right, album. Right, we understood. Terrible. Three times <laughs> okay. Uh, it, 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 it comes off as a fake ass Amy Winehouse aping a sound and not adding anything new beyond an absence of coherent vocal phrasing and rhythmic cadence. So wow, um, the the singing on the first track is terrible. Not pitch wise, but phrasing wise and 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 rhythmically. I'm like, what the fuck? You did a great job of stealing a sound, but then you did a piss poor job of stealing arguably the most important part of that sound, which is a catchy vocal. Um, sure. And I am so glad that I can only that I only have to say that about the first track. <laughs> I'm bringing this up because, listener, if you put this album on, just skip the first track because the rest of them are so much better. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? I, I yeah, I have to somewhat agree with you. I didn't think it was to that yeah, degree, because but I but I will say, um, when when I was listening to it, I did find myself like I would listen to the whole thing, but I go, there's something about this one that makes it feel like it's three times longer than it is, and I mm -hmm. and, and I couldn't understand why. And I thought it was until you just said that, that I liked the second track so much. I think the second track is probably my favorite one. Um, but that I yeah. liked that one so much that I was just like waiting for it and it felt like forever. But if Someone, I'm honest, I don't, you know, I listen to a lot of music. It, 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 if I feel that way about a track, it's usually because there's something with it that I don't, that doesn't jive. After, with after the first track someone come up to you and just punch you right in the fucking left tooth. And you'll be like, oh, that's so much better. <laughs> Again, not to that extreme, but I feel like I have to agree with you in a small part um, about your assertion on the on one. Anybody else? What are our thoughts? One left tooth, like all of them at once or just one of them? <laughs> just like the front one. You know which one I'm talking it's about. It's got to be the middle. You know, you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> Lord knows I do. Any other thoughts? Other thoughts on the on the album? Uh, good stuff, though. Um, 
I think it's awesome. It is it is derivative of a sound, but mm-hmm. they somehow managed to make it like pretty cool. Um, Sex Magic was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Lucifer, my love was pretty cool. I'm Wicked. I think is my favorite one. Me too. Same here. Um, they just did something. I mean, it's campy, and they like kind of know that it is. And I think that's probably why I didn't like the first track at all, is because they didn't lean into the. Um, I guess the campiness of of, of ripping off well, a sound, which I, I will say that mu- musically, fucking spot on. You know, it was really good. Good. If I may, I really yeah. like it when um, bands will lean into their their nonsense um, and and make fun of mm-hmm. themselves at the same time, like, but not be comical, right? right? Like I I I just love yeah. like I love um, like death metal bands who are who love just. Be, ghost. Yeah, like ghost is cool and like amana marth was really cool because they lean into that norse stuff and they actually might take it seriously though so that's that might um but, <laughs> yeah that's the but line like, yeah. I, I just really like it when bands can can lean into their conceit and be like hey we're gonna have some fun whilst also being professional <laughs> yeah yeah it's like a full even just listening to it without any kind of visual or knowing, you know, what they look like or how they dress, I feel like you can kind of hear this full performance. Like you could almost hear the costuming and the full just mm-hmm. vibe of everything. Um, <clears throat> and it's it's so like fun and vivid. And I almost imagine like a, it's not show tunes, obviously, but some of it sounds kind of show tuney. And I think that also <laughs> leans into that camp. Um, I don't know. It just, it reminds me of like watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like season one. Like that's the yeah. kind of... <laughs> It's just like a cool feeling and you kind of feel transported to such a very specific aesthetic. Yeah. There's a couple bands that um, like there's a band called the Pipettes that they they did like 50s girl band duo. And that was their their shtick. Mm-hmm. And they in, a, in, in quite the opposite way, like this is <laughs> this, they were like shiny and silly and like, you know what I mean? And. But they knew, mm. they yeah. knew, and you did as the audience member dancing to this stuff that, like, they're mm-hmm. doing a thing that is fun, for fun's sake, and they're doing it really, really yeah. well. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, what came to mind for me initially was with this, obviously, camera obscura, I think, again, they're, like, the best of the best. But, like, this had uh, some vibes of, like, the cramps and stuff, too. And mm-hmm. I think they were, they were a band that, like, really leaned into... Um, their shtick like you said or, or what they what they were about and i think genuinely uh, you know with the changing of the names and that kind of thing like they had that sort of like 70s punk ethos as, as a part of it but they also um really believed it like i would actually be really disappointed if these guys weren't card carrying satanists and and didn't yeah. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. not that every artist who comes up with a persona needs to fully embody it in a very real way. Like there's something to be said about a persona for a persona's sake. But in this instance, for this specific band, I really want them to be as legitimate as possible. I think that's also, and perhaps this is something that came up that we might be a good talking point for this album, is like this seems to be a, a, a more recent thing where we actually need them, like audiences need them to be genuine uh Mm -hmm. that that we actually don't want people who who are playing or putting on uh an act Mm -hmm. in the same way that we used to just accept it and be cool with it like um 
the Aquabats or even they might be giants or a band like that. You know what I mean? Where, where it's like Chumbawamba, right? Like <laughs> I, I didn't for a second think that they were anarchists or they might actually be right. But I didn't think for a second <laughs> that I get knocked down was like an anarchist, you know, fucking <laughs> rallying cry. And, and that was fine though, because I was like, I can still get <laughs> down with some Chumbawamba um, because <laughs> that song was fun. But like now I feel like audiences are, are, are like, no, you, if you're a Satanist, you better be a, a, a fucking, Satanist, dude. Um, does anybody else see that, or is that? I always liked it when know, somebody doesn't didn't wear their much. wear a shtick as a costume, and it was like it was actually their thing, the <laughs> thing that they liked. You know what I mean? The thing that they were into. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't take it seriously because life is silly, and um, silliness is is yeah. silliness, even if it's not like parody or or goofy. It's playful. It's nice. It's it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Well, it's not like gatekeeping right. too. Like I feel like sometimes when it's like, because I went to in in Amsterdam, Jill and I went to this bar that was all dudes in um, jeans with the white T-shirt rolled up with cigarettes in it, and it was all um, it was it was a you know sort of like a, um, uh, a, a psychobilly bar. It was a psych. It was it was a psychobilly mm-hmm. bar. So everybody played stuff like Reverend Horton Heat, right? That was the whole that was the whole bar. The only thing, it was so specific but that was the only thing that 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 played there the only bands that played there and that was awesome because the whole thing about that is you're you're grabbing people from the audience that you're dan- you're dancing with strangers all night and you're like mm. da- you're dancing like in the 50s 60s sort of dance dancing way and that was a blast and that very easily could have been the most gatekeeping place on the planet but it but it but it wasn't at all and and all the bands they they knew that they were playing something that was so antiquated at that point but it was like cool because they they loved it and they lived it that kind of thing um so i think that these I feel guys like satanism is that. the same yeah satanism is show up be here yeah normie you're not a normie you know yeah well i mean i guess you could be a normie but you know like whatever <laughs> you could be a normie yeah if this but is I what you if this, you, if this is what you, if this is <laughs> bro this is some good literature bro and they hand you a pamphlet on Satanism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice segue. Yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah, that's my take on it for sure. Uh, as the final thought was I thought these guys were legit. Mm-hmm. As musicians, yeah. as an ethos, all that, I thought so. Ex- I agree with all of that except for track one. Track one <laughs> yeah, can, get can, on can get fucked. on it. We can put Get fucked, track one. <laughs> Which is hey, so you know funny. What track, you know what track one can do? <laughs> Tell me. Get fucked. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Jack. So I've had no dinner and three beers. Yeah, Forgive I'm me. in a, the exact same spot, except I had a little Sicilian. So it's should it's we? Uh, speaking of beers, open some. Interessante. Let's jump into yes. it, baby. Um, absolutely. So um, I'm gonna, Daniel. Are you gonna let me claim the marquee beer this time around, even though it's tired hands? Baby, I don't let you do anything. <laughs> Nikki M's going to do what he does, and I'm just here to support. do what he wants, I am going to claim it just because I think it's a little too perfect. So uh, moving forward uh, into the beer section, um, I've, I've tried to compliment Kelly's cast as best I could um, with the Hail Santa from uh, Tired Hands. <laughs> um, it is a Santanic IPA brewed with a hefty malt bill of two row and a touch of rye and honey 
Mm-hmm. Uh, hopped generously with Columbus, Cascade, and Simcoe before being hopped heavily <laughs> with more Cascade and Simcoe. <laughs> the special Holidays IPA has notes of fresh baked pear pie, cracked peppercorn, and fireside chats with old friends around the Yule Log. It is an ABV of 6.66666%. That's the description as Tired Hands. I like everything about what you just said. I'm very excited to try it. The peppercorn weirds me out a little bit, though. I'll be honest. Like, is that the Satan element in the beer? No, you're going to like that. you're just like, oh, delicious, delicious. (laughs) Some some IPAs. going to be a little bit of spice. Super hazy ones. Like, that sounds like it is. Taste peppery already. So I can't even... Uh, imagine is it the i feel like one of the hops has a little bit of it's like pepper i think the arugula effect (laughs) yes (laughs) exactly like how is this green branch how does peppery really why did i really balances out the um so much of it that the peppercorn really balances out the uh essence of of cat urine (laughs) this guy's the worst (laughs) what did you what are you what are you drinking is that a guinness i say oh he's oh of course (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kelly, I actually, uh, in, in, in your honor, uh, have been consuming while we've been talking this, uh, Shaxbury Arlo cider, which I'm Ooh. not sure you like ciders, right? Yeah. I, I do. That, that sounds yeah. really good. My friends from work so. are big It's, it's a very fans. good one. It's mm. good. Yeah. It's really dry and, and it's in Vermont. So, you know, the water's tasty. Mm. And it's, um, and Mahalik, it's, don't use, don't use Kaylee as your excuse for alcoholism. <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, <laughs> so many people do. That's such a good way to just compliment. <laughs> so many people do. Nicely done. So many people do. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was drinking, I was drinking those as well, um, which you should definitely try. They're pretty good. The Arlo. Yeah, that sounds so Shaxbury. good. Um, Daniel's got a Guinness. Uh, are you? Do you have any? I know you're, of course, uh, feeding the young man, so that might not be an option. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually stopped feeding the young man, but now I'm on meds, so I just one day I'll have a drink again. I don't know, <laughs> but um. <laughs> One of these days I'll have one, but yeah, just knocking back seltzers. Uh, I'm in a real San Pellegrino kick over here. I like the blood orange San Pellegrino. (laughs) I like how she said knocking back seltzers. (laughs) Just one after another. (laughs) The other day there's a blue, I don't know what the alcohol seltzer is called. Um, White White Claw Claw, Surge, 8%. They have Mm. a blue one that's like 8% blood orange. It tastes like triaminic from your youth. That like oh, no. radioactive mm. neon orange mm. medicine uh-uh. that you had to, had to drink, dude. I punted it to the far reaches of my yard. I couldn't. I not at all. It was so. So I would say it's like eight yeah. percent. The, right? the problem like, with white, was just it. white claw is you can drink it in seconds. So you're just that. It was it was probably for the best because I was like, oh, I love blood orange anything. And I took that and I was like, this is triaminic. And I guess I have some trauma uh, 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 around triaminic. I was a big Dimatap fan. When that I was, was the. Kid. See, that tastes good. The triaminic, that are like a citrus orange yeah. medicine can can get really. Did you fun. did you did you eat it off of a spoon? Yes. Or mm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, but the spoon that had like a almost like a test tube attached to it. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And that was yeah. the yeah. measurement. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I remember those. Yeah. And it was always by the time it got to my siblings, it was just a gnawed, 
fraying plastic <laughs> that like they were lucky to, to, to not get a splinter every other. So your beer is just like that is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. That that particular flavor tastes exactly okay, like that. Okay, not the marquee beer, which you should be talking about. Yes. So I'm about to crack it open. Uh, Nick, yes. are you Yes, imbibing? speaking of <laughs> knocking back seltzers and White Claws, I have a White Claw. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him go. There goes my hero. Um, I'm drinking White Claws typically during the week because it, it's very helpful to um, drop some LBs um, while also feeling okay. pretty silly. Um, so I'm, I'm yep. drinking the raspberry flavor, which if you, you've had White Claw where it's kind of just like, oh, that tastes like seltzer. Raspberry. Someone whispers raspberry in your ear yes. as you're drinking it. Yeah. Um, I think that's a quote from you, actually. I think you said that on a previous cast. Um, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this Hail Santa a taste. It is very cloudy. Listener, he's drinking. He's swallowing. He's smacking his lips. Oh, man. His gums. You guys are right. It's, it's got a little sting. It's got a little sting to it. It's very delicious. And the aftertaste is actually very smooth and tasty, but the initial, the initial uh, taste is is it's got a little bit of funk. It's got a little bit of snap to it, a little bit of mustard on that B. <laughs> and then you get so it starts with the cracked peppercorn, and then you get the pear pie yeah. at the end. Is essentially what's happened there. Um, very good though. <laughs> I'm a big fan of it. I like tired hands quite a bit. Um, it turned out that that dude sucks, which is a bummer. Yeah. It did, right? Yep. It's a, yeah. a huge bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. That is. Yeah, I wonder, um, I do wonder about that, like how much of a, a, a role he has if he's just sitting back. Yeah, I think I think after that, they, they just for so for the company's sake, they that he took a step back so it wouldn't completely destroy it. He's, he, does. he still yeah, owns he does. it and he's still and he's making, making you know, all the money in them pockets. Yeah. Yeah. I know every time I go into the like general store, which is where all the beers are, the, the, the brewing section is like right on the other side of the wall and it smells delicious. And I'm always like, Oh, yeah. this is fantastic. They make hel- hellacious um, beers. Yeah, so. No. <laughs> yeah. They're okay. Beers. They're okay. Freaking mine. Jesus <laughs> <Yeah>. Christmas. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is a very good beer. I will say like, if you were, expecting like a typical milkshake or, or some other like very cloudy thing that they make there um this is not it this is this is a it's got a little bit of sting up front and then it just it mellows out in the back i'd try it though i, I would definitely try it that actually sounds kind of cool this, this yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a, it's an it's like get the fuck out of here i'm not trying that <laughs> <laughs> fuck out of here fuck you um, dude yeah i mean that's the, that's uh <laughs> That's my thoughts on it. I, I, I don't know how much more to expand on it because I'll be honest, it's not as complex as other beers that I've had from them or, or other craft beers. Like it literally is pretty much just like, ooh, that's some bite. It starts to mellow and then oh that's pretty sweet. Like that's a pear pie for sure. And and that's yeah. that's it. Although I I I drug my taste buds over the coals with a fucking Sicilian and then uh, <laughs> in Arlo ciders, I've had, I've had a bit. My 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 taste buds have no idea what's going on. We've been moving. Your in palate the was obliterated. Nah, man, that's what you got to do when you uh, yeah, 
when you when you plant new crops, you know, you got to diversify. The soil gets used to you, it. You're, you got to burn that bee down, right? You he gets it. Burn it down. Um, hey, I've got a rating system. Are we ready for that? Introduce us, sir. All right. Um, I give The Possibility of Evil by Shirley Jackson. I'm going to give it six out of 12 nosy neighbors peeking through the curtains. Nice. Uh, just because, you know, mama's got to eat. I get it. She's got to chug it out. <laughs> I bet you she didn't even like, she's like, ah, you know, it's a little lightweight Shirley J. That's how I imagine her when she's typing. You know, that's how um, I'm going to teach the moon is a wasteland from now on. I'm be like, listen, if you guys don't care for this, he's got your mama's got to eat. I got to make absolutely zero dollars. Zero point zero dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I give uh, fuck. What's it called? What's the album? called? Jesus. The, uh-huh. the music part. I give it 11 out of 12 nosy neighbors peeking through the curtains. Uh, would have been twelve out of twelve, but that fucking first track. God fucking damn it! <laughs> Twin Temple, <laughs> bring their signature sound. Satanic doo wop. Yes, <laughs> eleven out of twelve. Nosy neighbors peeking through the curtains and baby, baby Guinness. Twelve out of twelve. Come on, who you who you talking yeah. to? Who you talking? We to? should go back and just have like a highlight reel of of all the times you drank Guinness on the on the cast and how you rated it the highest rating every time. <laughs> It's only <laughs> that would be been since we've been virtual. Little, like, vine almost. It's only been virtual. Well, we've been virtual for fucking three years. Jesus Christ. Wow. Can we be in person next time? I would love yeah. that. I hate Enormously. Shit. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Worst. I need human interaction so badly. Um, uh, who wants to go next? I'll, 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 I'll be the last one to go. Nick I'm, I'm going to have to give um, hanging out with you three fine people, 24 out of 12 nosy neighbors peeking through the curtains. Uh, yeah. Double it. And and then uh, this raspberry. It's a baker's uh, dozen raspberry plus 11. A, a six. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, the whisper. That was good. Six out of 12. <laughs> Kelly? Um, all right. So possibility of evil. I think I'm going to do like a 9.5 out of 12. Um, I've been grading a lot of neighbors finals the and I do 0.5s a lot. So I'm going to give it that 0.5. Um, <laughs> uh, nosy neighbor. Yeah, I'm sorry. 9.5 out of 12 nosy neighbors peeking through the curtains. Um, it sounds like a cute like mother goose <laughs> rhyme when you say it fast. <laughs> um, and uh, Twin Temple, I'm going to give it 12 out of 12. I really love it. It's a lot of fun. It got me in the Halloween spirit. Um, and I'll give Seltzer, I, Seltzer, Seltzer. So I'm, I'm going to give it a, like a 6 out of 12, I think. <laughs> Gets the job the done. Have, have scored 50% across the board tonight. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to probably uh, agree with uh, most of us here. I think um, for me... Um, Possibility of evil is a uh, ten out of twelve nosy neighbors peeking out of the curtains. Um, who are you sucking up to here with that rating? I listen. I genuinely feel it. I've go okay. listen back to the cast, <laughs> and you're gonna see why. <laughs> After you've consumed some bread or something, to help yourself out a little bit. Fuck, Nick was right. Was, Guys, can we do this again? So, I look like an idiot. Um, I am gonna also say. Twin Temple gets a 10 out of 12 from me um, uh, because, to Daniel's point, the, the first track and, and 
this slight mm, derivation uh, does it, um, you know, minuses a couple points, but I think it's great. Uh, really wonderful. And I'm going to give this Hail Santa. Hail Santa. <laughs> Hail Santa. Um, I'm going to I'm going to give this probably just because, honestly, I, I, I have a sweet tooth. I'm going to give it a nine out of 12 mm. nosy neighbors peeking through the window or peeking through the curtains um, because it makes sense to start with the harsh. Uh, but it is a, it's just a little bit too biting for me. Uh, this is my little yeah. uh, skittle loving sweet tooth self that uh, <laughs> is making that argument on the um the back of the can does it does it say how many employees were abused oh making this God. beer 35 okay all right Which i think is a lot yeah. it's a small operation that seems that's like many. that's most that's most of, all them. of them then. Jesus. yeah okay oh no that was the address that was the address sorry okay it's probably more than yeah, who knows? oh my god <laughs> still drinking i don't know how i feel about the fact that i'm still drinking it I just you gotta separate I the know. art from the artist. God. Hey, <laughs> the moral complications you know, that you're throwing at me in this state yeah. right now. Ugh. You're just gonna piss it out anyway, so that's kind of like your, that's your your uh, uh, what's what's it resistante triomphe, whatever the thing is. <laughs> Wait, can I ask like what happened, or is that gonna derail everything? It's a very long story. What, but like what? Like no, the, guy, the guy was is it? Okay. the guy was like an abusive boss, um, and he. They would okay. go on um, company trips to taste, like go on beer tastings and collaborate. And he would like have staff do his laundry. And um, uh, it, yeah, gross. it was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But mostly like yes. the female yeah. identifying staff. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. gross. It was very yeah. misogynistic. You know mm. what I mean? Not like, as far as I read, um, he wasn't sexually abusing anybody, but it was it was they yeah, were targeted, and, and it was and he's very a, misogynistic. He's a bad, oh, okay. just a bad dude all around. Yeah, yeah. nasty. Not a cool, yep. not a cool person. Yeah, just um, like pretty standard in that world. It seems you know a lot of well, so many people. Yeah, so there was a female brewer the restaurant that business like brought that to light, yeah. and then, uh, so many other brewers, uh, mm-hmm. female identifying and otherwise, um, started coming out and being like, yeah, the like independent brewery world is is just chock yeah. full of this oh, wow. and if you could you know if you can think of like all your bro buddies who mm-hmm. like you know uh brewed beer in their free time or whatever you know <laughs> i mean it was like well the guy that like of course took it fred to the furthest. would do that you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah fred's drunk all the time <laughs> on his own beers <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's still pining over the missed catch from when he was a running back in high school. It's oh. like Uncle Rico. You know? <laughs> how, much, yeah. how much you want to bet I can throw this football over I can throw that football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's he's my favorite Uncle Rico. Big skin a quarter mile. Yeah. yeah, that's just bad news. Um, but in any case, um, I am so pleased to yeah, see same. all you guys. You make my heart same. so warm. I, okay. I, am, I am really just so glad. Is there anything that anybody wants to... Uh, promote stories or books otherwise uh, things that you have coming out or that came out that you, that you'd like to to shout out into the, the I had a, oh sorry Daniel, go ahead. i would i would yeah yeah let me go first i want to um promote um uh agents it's gonna be nothing fucking themselves Did you say just agents A-fish? in general just agents just going to fuck themselves that's all i agree with that daniel nice Kay. agents man yeah i've had a bad go at them uh, but mm. 
Just fucking respond. Just, just, just fucking just respond. No. I no. love how Ke- Kelly's Kelly's thing that she's gonna share is that she's now represented by like the best agent in the biz. No, I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> poets don't have to worry about that. For, yeah, but for not as much. It would have been yeah, the it sounds best, horrible. Though. If you lied and made it up, that would have been fantastic. <laughs> like, oh, there's this agent who like has a close relationship with Doubleday, and they they seem to. Like, oh, no big deal. No. <laughs> But good luck. I know. It sounds, everybody I know who's trying to get an agent is like, it sounds grueling. Well, it's, it's so not, that's it's, horrible. It's not even, they're just leeches. Mm. <laughs> they should just screw them then. I don't know. We need a new system. <laughs> for... Indy. Like, yeah. I think down, I might just be Indy. Like or just a field of corn. Just we burn it. <laughs> Except it's agents like, like, standing how, how in the How are you going to take yeah. six months? How, how many can there be? Months? How many can there be? A hundred? <laughs> Sir, you asked you for this. Wanted this. You why did you it take six months are the for you one to say asked. it's still in my queue? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> oh gentlemen, share something. I have positive. a story Come out on. today in Maudlin oh. House called The Most Magical Place on Earth. Um and I'm very happy with it. That just sounds That's yeah. wonderful. Thank Congratulations. You. I'm gonna if read it, that if right it's away. Not about if it's not about Disneyland, I am going to so drop kick you it, next it's time I see in you. Disney World, but it's about or, or and Hobbs. Um, a person whose child is aging into their teens and um, trying to recapture those little moments when they were young. Oh, yeah. wow. Wonderful. Yeah, it's, my, it's the least bizarre thing I've written in years. <laughs> 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 nice. Nice. Kelly, anything uh, to share? There's always, a, I feel like, a handful um, of poems that you've put out into the world. I have a manuscript, a full-length manuscript, out in the world now. I just started putting it out. Uh, it's called A Mother Bedeviled, and it was a semi-finalist in Sundress's open reading period, so that was a bit nice. encouraging. I was appreciative. Um, but Nicely it's still done. out in the ether. Uh, I hope it finds a home soon. It's a... Uh, it's like about the Jersey Devil and his mother and postpartum and all kinds of stuff. So it was a, uh, it was a, a lot <laughs> to write it. But um, yeah, I hope uh, <laughs> I hope I hope somebody oh, picks it up. Having, soon. <laughs> but nothing else. Having to read your work and, and being <laughs> such a fan of it, I have no doubt. So. Oh, thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> thank mat- you. It's a matter of time. Thank a you. Time. <laughs> Nicely done. Awesome. Well, cheers, cheers to all of you. And your fantastic work and all of your just wonderful writing that I, 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 I cannot help but get more and more of. Um, and uh, Nick, do you want to do yes. you want to take us? Thank there? you so much for listening this month or however long it's been since the last time. You can check us out on the internet. We're on Facebook at Book Record Beer Podcast on Twitter at Book Record Beer, and we were on Instagram, but Daniel got us locked out. Um, <laughs> Fucking <laughs> egg. Yeah. I was gonna cut the uh, um, cut the cut, cut. How do you not think about that? Like, if I say that I'm an entity who's seven years old, I'm gonna get booted. Like, obviously, know, the cast is seven years, but that's not what we're talking about in that moment. I know it was actually a true moment of felt <gasps> cute, and we'll delete later because. <laughs> I felt cute in that moment, and then we got deleted from the platform. <laughs> oh my God. I can't love that it happened more, but I can't be so incensed that it happened more. It's 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 yeah. the same 
feeling. Anyway, the other thank seven you again posts for are just We're gone. On Apple uh, podcasts, <laughs> iTunes, and SoundCloud, and all that good stuff. So we'll see you next time. Take care. Thank Take you. Care. Thank you, Kelly.